We love you. We love your power. You are amazing, God. We bless you this morning. We just pray that you continue to minister in this service this morning as we have our hearts open to you and our ears inclined to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you take your seats? Ah, so good, isn't it? What a great morning. So nice to see you all. I'm sort of tucked up the back there. I haven't had a chance to see you. Good morning if I haven't seen you this morning. Hope you're doing well. Anyone excited to be here? Very good. Maybe, Dan, just give me a slightly bit more volume, please. All right. Vision Sunday. Uh, this is a time in our year that we just get to focus a little bit on on us and where we're going. We don't like to tend to preach every service on us and, and it's all about us. Obviously, it's all about God, but this is, this is just the one service in the year where we just go, God, what are you doing with us? Where are we at on our journey as a church together? And so we're just going to come around a few thoughts this morning and, uh, and I'm going to get into a, a message in about five minutes' time, which I think is a prophetic message for Vision Sunday. Sound good? So I'm excited for 2018. Uh, wow, 2018. I uh, don't know where that went, Pete. 2018 already. And, uh, but I'm excited. God's doing a new thing. But we've got, a, we've got a bunch of ministries in our church. We don't tend to have a lot of things going on, and we sort of do that deliberately. Um, but there's a handful of things that, that are on during the week and you can get, you can get involved in. And, but just a few I'm just going to highlight here, uh, things that we're excited about for 2018 and moving forward in and trying to develop and take to a, a greater level. Number one is our kids' church. Uh, we're so excited to have some, some new leaders on board this year and, and we're looking forward to expanding our kids' church. We can't wait till we're in, into a new building and we're just ready to split our kids' church into two groups so that they can expand. Uh, but at the moment, we're still in the one group. But we're excited for our, to, to train and equip our kids. It's so good. Men's breakfast, we started last year. We're going to continue those uh, once a quarter. They're fantastic at the Olive Tree. Supper clubs started this last year. They'll continue. Uh, there's mother's group going on in the Olive Tree. I'll get through this pretty quick. No worries. Bible study is about to start up this week. Uh, Thursday morning. Now there's talk of a, another Bible study uh, going to be starting early this year as well at night time for a lot of people work and can't get to the Bible study during the day. So um, there's going to be one on just having a chat with the person about that right now. Um, so that's going to be fantastic. So keep your ears open for that. Friday night service. Anyone get to the Friday night service? This, was a, this is a service that our church started uh, probably about 18 months ago now, and we thought that it uh, would give it a try for that, uh, the first six months, and just see what it was like, see if, see if we should continue on with it, and, and nobody wanted to stop it, so it continued on, and 18 months later, um, now we're still seeing an amazing presence of God in that place. And if you were there on Friday night, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. If you weren't there, it was quite classic how we, we finished the service and thanked everyone for coming. See you later. And we ended up just sitting in silence for another 10 minutes with a bit of, um, a bit of music playing. And there's just such a beautiful presence of God. And we, there's a bit of freedom there on a Friday night that we sort of don't 
experience here on a Sunday morning due to time and, and, and family things. So, um, so come along on Friday nights if you've never been to one. Why don't you make that a priority this year? It will change your life. Uh, youth, we started up uh, our live group uh, about two years ago. And Cassia wanted me to mention this this morning, that we are so passionate about our youth. And I think Ella, when we first moved here 10 years ago, Ella was the only baby in the church. She was the only child in the church. And then the age bracket, I think, went up to uh, Cassia and then myself and then uh, Yvette and then Phil. And then we're into the, the mature age. And uh, we had Norm and Sue and their kids. And yay for the mature age. And uh and, and, but it's sort of, the, if you've noticed, our kids have grown uh, with Ella as sort of being the oldest still. And, and we would see a feel for friends coming and going. And, and um, Jetta is the same age. And, and um, Franny and a few of these kids at this age. And we're really passionate about uh, uh, putting together some sort of group that we can really nurture these kids. And we don't sort of lose them to other youth groups and things like that, which, we, we, you know, we want to... You know, these are our children, our babies. So we're passionate about that. If you've got a heart for youth ministry, we want to talk to you. We want to find out about that because we want to continue working with our children. Because who knows, in a few years, it's going to be more than just Ella and Jedda and a few others. There's going to be a whole lot in his family, right? Yes, there's going to be quite a few. So we're looking forward to those days. Anyone get along to Southern Fire this year? Fantastic. There's a new initiative down in Maria Church, Southern Life Church, between themselves and ourselves and Cross Central, put together a weekend uh, conference that was focused on the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and that's happening again in October. Um, but we don't want to wait till October to get together again. So three times throughout the year, uh, we're going to have these things called night fires, just one night service, one night event focused around the presence of God. The first one is coming up in March. Uh, we have Andrew Ironside who's visiting again. He's going to join us on that night. Um, they're, just, they're just things to make sure that we keep Pentecostal, right? Because who knows, it's easy. It's easy to, you know, just get into the rhythm of doing things the same old, same old. And we, sometimes we need to just remind ourselves, hold on, you know, we're following the Holy Spirit here. God, what do you want to do? This is your church. We're your people. Amen. So they're just nights throughout the year that are going to be fantastic just for doing that. But the most exciting thing I... Um, when I think about the, the life of our church, the thing that gets me most excited um, is the push to connect with each other and people outside of our church during the week. I love that. I love to hear that people are catching up with other people. Um, we try and throw away some um, coffee vouchers and things like that to, to generate that. Um, but it, honestly, if you haven't picked up in this, uh, if no one's taking you out for a coffee, you take somebody else out for a coffee and just go and hang out with people and build bridges and expand your, your, your friendships and things like that. Not just within the church, but outside the church. And this is where we really start to to hear the heartbeat of God for our church and our vision statement to be a church without walls, to really, to, to be a church outside of our Sunday service. Imagine that. That would be really cool, wouldn't it? And so we're doing that. We're going to continue on to prod you to, to be a part of that culture. Okay. I've gotten through my list. Oh, one more thing. There is one more thing this year, and now uh, we're going to build a church building this year. Just a minor little detail. 
Um, and, and if you're new to the church, and when I say that, you, it's, you haven't been here for 12 months, you may not have heard a lot of this because the month of March, we dedicate to um, our first fruits giving. It's a, an annual offering that we take up each year. And the weeks leading up to that, we speak a lot about the building and a lot about finance. So if you've come after that, you probably haven't heard a lot about our building um, program, and, and, and that's fine. And so I just wanted to fill you in with a little bit. Um, the Lord gave me some scriptures when we first moved here 10 years ago, and, uh, and, and, and they came back to life again seven years uh, further on, so three years ago. Received scriptures 10 years ago, and they came back to life and reminded me only three years ago about some uh, specific um, instructions on purchasing some land and building a building for the temple of the Lord. And, uh, and so we did that and we followed closely to what he said. You find these scriptures. If you're interested in this, you can look up these chapters. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 40 is one that the Lord led us to. And that talks about um, the position on the mountain that the Lord wanted to build a house. And it was, he brought Ezekiel, the prophet there, in a vision to this high place, this high mountain. And as he looked back, he could see a city to the south. It was the gateway position, which, um, which is very interesting. And the Lord led us to, to, to Bay Ridge Estate, uh, a block of land there, which just seemed to be exactly what was coming out of the scriptures at the time to clear the trees on the hill with the city to the south at the gateway entrance to the town. And we thought, Lord, this is it. But after a little while, we realized, God, it's not big enough. You know, th this land is not big enough uh, for us. And so he led us to another scripture in Joshua chapter 17. With the, this is the, where the allotments were divided and given over to the different tribes. And one, the tribe of Manasseh, they came back to Joshua and said, this land is not big enough for us. There's too many of us here. We've got too big a vision for just this one allotment of land. And so um, Joshua said, fine, take a second allotment and clear the trees there and spread yourself out. And so that's exactly what we did. And we came with a bit of negotiating. We came across two blocks of land right next to each other, right at the gateway of the city. Uh, where the jock tells me where the, the only place in Australia where the King's Highway meets the Princess Highway. And uh, the Lord will build himself a house there for this town. Amen. And so you can look up those scriptures and get as, as excited as I am whenever you read those at your own leisure. Now, three years ago, we purchased that land, um, and that was a huge milestone. That word milestone, I'm going to keep referring to this morning. That was a huge milestone in the journey of this church, and we started the 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 journey with our local council on developing and building um, a, a church building there. Interesting uh, churches in the past in this town have had a terrible time uh, with council, but council were the ones that actually led us to this block and, uh, and helped us along as um, the whole journey, right up until Christmas. The week before Christmas this year, we received our full DA approval, unconditional approval to build our ourselves a little home there, okay? So here we are. Um, that's going to take up a fair bit of the focus of this year. It's going to take up a bit. It's going to bring it before you all the time. We're going to get excited about it. I'm not, I'm not an excitable person, but I'm going to try my best. 
So if you see a little glimmer of excitement in my eye, like run with it, be excited with me. Um, it's going to be fantastic. But you'll hear a lot more about this come March. Actually, the mid, mid-March, March 11, will be the day that we actually come together and like they did in the Old Testament, bring a first fruits offering to the Lord. It's the mid-March, 11th of March. So about three or four weeks before that, you'll start to hear us speaking a lot more about this. Very good. Very good. I want to preach to you this morning and um, because I'm so excited about this year and I've called this title of this message, I've called this year even, Partnering for a Purpose. Partnering for a Purpose. Now I want you to turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And there's a couple of verses here that I'm going to read to you. Now, 2 Corinthians, let me give you a little bit of background here. Paul is writing to the people of Corinth, and in this second letter, he has just been talking about um, everything, how it's been made new. Christ comes in, and everything's been made new. Amen? Anyone like that? I love that. And and, and he's saying how um, Christ has brought a new covenant to you, and, and everything's been made new. The sinner repents and receives forgiveness. Clean slate, washed clean. Amen? Receiving of the new covenant. He talks about the treasure that the Lord has taken from heaven and put inside of us. It's cool. It's great. It's exciting. And we get to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 1, it says this, Paul writing, As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time I heard you, on the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. So I'm going to stop there. Paul had gotten to a place in his life where he had received all the marvelous gifts that Christ was giving, was offering. Like we would have all done that, received it. But in verse 1, it states that he went past that place of just receiving and he calls himself and his um, companions partners of God, partners, men and women in partnership with God. This is a huge step. This is a step that some of us don't tend to get to in our Christian walk, but I want to encourage you, I want to charge you to become this year people that are willing to become partners with God, partnership with Him. And Paul was that. He begged them, don't just accept all that God has given you, but make that the the benchmark, make that the, the rock you stand on to become somebody that wants to partner with God. You've given me so much, Lord. What can I do for you? What can I do with you? And the thought of a of man, all women, the thought of mankind, the thought of man partnering with God is quite amazing. Right through Scripture, you see God wanting to do something, but often he needed to find a person that he could become a partner with for it to happen. 
It's an amazing thought. I want to be a partner with God. So I want to read a, a couple of verses from that prophetic, prophetic chapter in Ezekiel, the one where he was taken in the dream to the hillside. And, and you'll find it Ezekiel chapter 40. Oh, I should have put a marker in it. Here we go. Ezekiel chapter 40. I'm going to read the first four verses. On April 28, my Bible is, you know, obviously the original didn't say April 28, but modern version has converted this for me. April 28. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe we'll start building on April 28. We'll see. I think it will be close to that, by the way. April 28. During the 25th year of our captivity, 14 years after the fall of Jerusalem, the Lord took hold of me, and in a vision from God, he took me to the land of Israel and set me down on a very high mountain. From there I could see toward the south what appeared to be a city. He brought me nearer. I saw a man whose face shone like bronze standing beside the gateway entrance. He was holding in his hand a linen measuring cord and a measuring rod. He said to me, son of man, watch and listen. Pay close attention to everything that I show you. You have been brought here so. I know it's mid-sentence, but a bit of drama. I want to stop here. You have been brought here so. There's a so in all of us why God has brought us here. He has brought us here so, so that there is reason you are here today. I mean, some of you, you know, you've just made some life's choices and moved around here to there. Maybe it's a work thing and you found yourself here. Get rid of that thinking that you've here because you find yourself here. You are here so. You are here because the Lord has shaped your path to bring you here for a purpose. For reason and for purpose. You have been brought here so. And as I look back over 2017 especially... I can see that God has brought in certain people in our church, made connections with our church family. He's brought certain giftings into the house that weren't there before. He's gathered people and he's gathered giftings. And I've got a little suspicion that's going to continue on in 2018. You'll see some fresh faces here. You'll, what are you doing? You know, you, there'll be a lot of that going on. Be open to that. Be hospitable, church family, please. Be nice. God is doing something. He's bringing people. And like Cassia's message a couple of weeks ago, speaking of Nehemiah, in the rebuilding of the, the walls, which took 52 days. Remember that? <laughs> Amazing. There was a time in that story, there was a point in that story where Nehemiah stood up and he said, get everyone together. And people came from a long way off for a purpose. At the time, it was to rebuild the walls. It was a 52-day purpose. You know, it was, not a lo- it was not a lifelong 
thing. It was not something they were giving themselves to for their whole life. There was for a specific amount of time, a short amount of time, God was in need of people and Nehemiah gathered them or the Lord gathered them and brought them in for a specific purpose. I think this sums up our year beautifully. 2018 will be a year where the Lord gathers people, ministries, people that are wanting to partner with God for a specific purpose, a short-term purpose. You know, this building we're looking to build is not the be-all and end-all. It's not our main focus in life. But for this year, it is the purpose he is calling us together for, to function together for, for a short time, to see an amazing thing happen. Amen? You with me? Okay, so I want, to, I want to call this year a milestone year. Say milestone. 2018, a milestone year. You can write that in your front of your Bible. I won't change all year. This is a milestone year in the journey of our church. I looked up the definition of milestone. It says this in the two, two definitions I found. The first one says, A stone set up beside the road to mark the distance in miles to a particular place. Okay? We're all on board there. Stones were put on the side of the road, intervals of a mile, to mark out the distance to a particular place. 2018 is a milestone year. We're putting a rock down. I'm putting a marker down. Definition number two, a significant stage or event in the developing of something. So 2018 is a significant stage in the journey of this church, of our church. A significant stage or event in the development of something. Now, I had a chat with Kev the other night after Friday night service. We went out to dinner, a bunch of us, and, uh, and we sat down there. And I happened to be next to him on the table, and, and conversation came up about some of the, the, the olden days of our church, some of the, some of the stories I hadn't heard. And uh, Kev was filling me in a little bit of the history going back 25, 30 years, and who was here, what pastors were here, where the church was meeting at. You know, we, we were renting a premises at one stage where we had an office, all that kind of stuff. And, and these, he was giving me the, almost like the milestone events in the journey of the church, right? He was giving me the milestone events, things that we in our earthly mind can, we can click with, we can understand, we can register, we can remember. They're the milestone events. They're the earthly milestone events. But listen, these milestones don't matter in eternity. Now, I want you to just bear with me for a moment. 2018 is a massive milestone year for our church. 30-odd years we've been crying out to God for a place to call home that we can use to facilitate the ministry that he wants our church to do in this town, right? It's a huge milestone year this year. But these earthly milestones do not matter in eternity. They will not be remembered or talked about in heaven as much as they are here on earth.
The church is recorded in Revelation, you know. The church is recorded in Revelation. They're not described by their facilities. You with me? But rather by their character, by their attributes. You know, you described one and you lost your first love and describing others as passionate churches, as generous churches. These are the heavenly attributes. These are the heavenly milestones that are seen in eternity. Southland Church should never be remembered by our walls, right? But by our lack of walls. You like that? I tried to not sound cheesy, but that's powerful. We won't be remembered by the facility that we have, even though it's easy for our earthly mind to go there, isn't it? To, oh, you're from that church that's, you know, up there on the hill. But in eternity, we're not going to be talking about the church up on the hill. We're going to be talking about milestones that happen in people's own lives. Let me explain. Eternity milestones, there's two different ones. There's earthly milestones and there's eternal milestones, eternity milestones. They're milestones that are talked about and and remembered once we cross over into eternity. Eternity milestones are different to earthly ones. Eternity milestones are individuals being transformed. Individual transformations are what eternity is going to talk about and celebrate and rejoice over. But, interestingly enough, individual transformations, they often are the outcome of earthly milestones. You hear me? Have I still got everyone? All right. I'm wrapping up here I might get the team up. Have we got the whole music team here? Or did some of them go out? We've got everyone. We've got everyone. I love that new song. We're going to do that new song again this morning. That was upbeat. If you were late for church, you are in for a treat. Got a new song we're going to sing to you this morning. Often earthly milestones are used to mark out the next section or the next season. And they facilitate eternal milestones. We would not go down this track and bother spending anything on a building if it was not going to produce eternal milestones. If it was only going to give us an earthly milestone of celebrating, yeah, this is cool, we've got our own space, we don't have to sit on a crappy plastic chair anymore in a noisy school hall where we have to set up every Sunday. If that's all the the milestone that we would be getting, like we wouldn't, we wouldn't bother because we're going to get to the end and we're going to get to heaven and there is going to be people, I know Southland Church. I went to that church one time and had my heart open to Jesus. I was reached out to by somebody that attends that church. I went to a mother's group on the invitation of a friend from that church. You know, somebody took me out for coffee from that church. And these are the stories when they get to heaven, there's going to be, oh, it's a lost sinner. But I've been saved by the grace of Jesus. We're not going to be talking about how nice the colorbond cladding is and how, how, you know, 
Are you hearing me this morning? As much as it will take a lot of our focus this year, trust me when I say that this is only for a short time in the journey of our church, that we're coming together for a specific purpose. Maybe it's to build something in the physical, a natural milestone. But honestly, believe me, it's not the heart of the leadership team of this church to, to you know, to really revel in this moment and, and, and think that this is the be-all and the end-all. It's exciting, sure. And seeing what God is doing is exciting. But he's doing it for a purpose so more and more people find him. So more and more people set free and experience the freedom in Christ. Amen? So I'm excited for this year. I want you to get... Did you see something in my eye then, Robin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So honestly, be excited. Get involved in some way. Get involved. You've been brought here for reason and for purpose. Like, let that sink down deep in you. You've been brought here for reason and for purpose. And let's enjoy this awesome milestone 2018 is going to be. Amen? Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for God and thank Him. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. Lord, we thank You that you have called us here like Esther for such a time as this. And we want to put our hand up in the air to you, Lord. And we want to say, hey, I want to be a partner with you, with what you are doing. This is, even though an earthly milestone, this is going to resonate. The after effects of this will resonate in people's lives right through eternity. And I want to be a part of that conversation in heaven. Lord, use me, all that I have. Come on, you pray a prayer like this from your own heart. Lord, use me. All that I have, anything I can offer is yours. Amen. We're going to sing this song together and finish up and have lunch together and start this amazing year. Amen.